I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shots. like. What a stop! Shots from Ben! Oh! Jordan Ben! Yes! Jordan Hedden! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been... We're, be we're bigger than that. That interview was just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up, when we finally turn it over, make a beeline towards the boulder, have a drink, you've had enough. How's it going? Welcome along to the Friday Football Podcast. Nathan Murphy in the presenter's chair this week, and we have a very special guest... Mr. Richie McCormack. Ah, shucks. Stop now. Great to have you here, Richie. Special's too much. It's I know you've been much. preparing for this all week. I have. Been doing all kinds of stretches. Yeah, good. S some of them I can probably tell you about. Others... Well, I don't really want to know about Probably best keeping away from the microphone. Do you like the music? I'd, I'd say you like the music in the... Uh... It's Modest Mouse, isn't it? Yeah. yeah is it Johnny Marr playing guitar, is it? But yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what that album's from. I think it is Johnny Marr and guitar, yeah? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Because his new song sounds a little... The guitar in his new song sounds a little bit like that. His new song sounds like hard fight. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Anyways, this is not a music podcast. Uh, where what? You, would also be. you tricked me, Murphy. <laughs> so, Richie's here, but Adrian Barry isn't here and Dave McIntyre isn't here. So we can slag them all we want. Well, we can. Adrian is off on his stag. Is that where he's gone? You weren't invited either. No. No, me either. You kept that one quiet. Dave uh, is on the All-Stars trip. As far as I know, but there's nobody else in the office today except me and you, Richie, which lends me to believe maybe everybody else has been invited on Adrian Stagg. Yeah. Except me and you. Now, I, now I do kind of feel harsh. special. I'm not in a good way. Uh, no, not at all. Um, but look at You know the drill here on the Friday Football Podcast. We're going to look ahead to all the weekend's matches, and it is a busy weekend on Off the Ball. Tomorrow, as always, on Saturday from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we will have reporters at every single match, so you won't miss a single goal. And we also have uh, two of Republic of Ireland's heroes of the O2 World Cup, Kenny Cunningham and Mark Kinsella. A debut for Kinsella. In studio. Nice. Together, along with myself and Jer. And you're going to be in and out to Richie tomorrow, I think, I'll be you? popping in and out, I think, more than likely on Sunday. On but Sunday. I'll probably be dragged in at some stage tomorrow as well. Um, yeah. yeah, so we got Mark Kinsella and Kenny Cunningham uh, in studio tomorrow. I'm sure a certain Roy Keane will come up at some stage over the course of the afternoon. He will come up over the course of this podcast as well. And on Sunday then, as always, we have a double header of live and exclusive Premier League action. First up at half past one. It's second against third in the table. It is Southampton against Manchester City. We got uh, Dave and our Mark Scott and Ray Houghton at that one, uh, which should be a cracker at St. Mary's. And then at four o'clock, I'm going to be at White Hart Lane for Spurs against Everton to potential Champions League. Stay off the pitch. Stay, I will stay off the pitch. Well, unless News Talk have a new branding opportunity, I'm going to sit down with marketing later on Do, yeah, and yeah. see if they will cover my bail. I don't even know if that was a marketing thing because I was looking into this this morning and they had the jerseys on for the particular headphones company that we won't mention because if they are involved then they don't just give the listening. background here because okay, not okay, everybody okay. watches right. Europa League on a Thursday night what's wrong with you people if you don't uh, Spurs are playing uh, Partizan Belgrade there was not one not two but three pitch invasions during the first half with <clears throat> these lads wearing what looked 
from a distance to be Spurs jerseys. On closer inspection, were actually just kind of generic football jerseys with the branding of a headphones company across the chest. Each of the pitch invaders tried to get selfies with some players. Some looked more interested than others. <laughs> Kyle Naughton in the picture that's been widely circulated in the past 24 hours kind of looks like he wanted to crack a smile and be all like, yeah, it's all right, yeah. Um, but Is that Kyle Naughton's accent? I'm guessing. Really? That's Kyle Naughton's accent. Uh, he's willing to correct me if he wants. Um, but since then, the headphone company involved said that it wasn't their idea and they don't condone any such activity. And a video of the three lads has popped up on a YouTube channel called Troll Station. You can right. imagine the charmers involved. Uh, they introduced themselves beforehand before we get kind of fan shot coverage of the pitch invasions, all three of them. Uh, this headphone company, yeah. though, are official partners of Tottenham. It wouldn't make sense if they were actually involved. I think they're involved with Aston Villa as well, and maybe one or two others. Well, that's the next step for advertising and for brand awareness in football, <laughs> going more along the lines of American football, where they will stop the game yeah. and you can run on and have your advertisers actually maybe do kind of a, uh, you know, a, one of those TV channels where you sell your goods. Oh, like one of the, yeah, yeah, like QVC. QVC. Or yeah. So it stops for like two minutes and you. Do a little ad. I just can't see how this would benefit anybody. Obviously, Spurs are going to get in trouble with UEFA for this, regardless of who was responsible for it. Their stewards didn't do a good enough job in keeping these lads off the pitch. One of them pulled his hamstring, though. <laughs> Poor devil. Um, but then again, you've got the headphone company who everybody, no one's going to go, oh, those those guys are cool. Those banter merchants got I on the pitch. I could go with Dr. Dre's beats, but these guys, yeah. they're shit hot. Yeah, these guys, they, they're the brand for me. They go invading pitches in Europa League matches. Fantastic. I could do it. Because <laughs> you're close enough, actually, in White Hart Lane, aren't you? Yeah. Our commentary position in White Hart Lane is incredible. We sit two rows. I, if at a stretch, I could certainly pat Kyle Norton on the head if he's sitting on the subs bench. Can you find out if he actually talks to that? I, maybe I'll pat him on the head and then I put the microphone up as he reacts. <laughs> Oi, bro, what are you doing? It's got none. Yeah, you from Ireland in that? I re- I really don't think that's Kyle Norton's accent. But I'm, I'm definitely. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and see if I can interview Kyle Norton <laughs> after the match. <laughs> And I'll have no interest in what he's saying. I'll just yeah. be, Kyle, could you just keep talking there? Because I need to compare this to something. Everybody's making a beeline for Pochettino, Harry Kane, Eric Lamella. And you're like, no, Kyle, 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 well, Kyle, I did, talk. I did turn up after uh, Queen's Park Rangers against Liverpool last month. That uh, brilliant game. Yes, yeah, know, it an was. Incredible finish. There's a whole list of players you'd want to talk to after that. Obviously, Richard Dunn from yeah. an Irish angle. Uh, you got Stephen Colker scored the OG, Raheem Sterling, Philippe Coutinho, Vargas, any of these guys who were part of the storyline of the game. I got a seven, eight minute one-on-one with Bobby Zamora. Oh, yeah. In fairness, though, prescient because he's gone on to kind of prove his worth in the past few weeks. He has. Yeah. Talk to Nathan although, and your career could go on an upward curve. Although you've never doubted Bobby Zamora as the record will show. Uh, I have never doubted Bobby Zamora. So, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to going to White Hart Lane. I've spent a lot of time at White Hart Lane this season. I think this is my fifth match covering Spurs. And uh, they're playing Everton at the four-car kickoff. Myself mm. and Kenny Cunningham. So we're going to be spending a lot of time together this weekend. Myself and Kenny, <laughs> which is something for us both to look forward to. Well, at least you know none of us got invited to Adrian's stag, so there yeah. might as well be some kind of connections made this weekend. Um, Spurs, by all accounts, every match I've seen them this season have been an absolute shambles. There's nothing <laughs> to this side. There's no backbone to this side. There seems to be no personality about them. That's one thing. That I, I hate using the term personality because all too often it can get associated with people like Jimmy Bullard um, you know <laughs> you the don't co- like Jimmy Bullard I don't like Jimmy Bullard no. uh, I never liked him as a player and I don't really like him anymore as a quote unquote personality um, but there doesn't seem to be anybody to really grab the team by the scruff of the neck and, and, and drive them forward which is 
apart from goals, uh, one thing that they've been severely lacking this season. Yeah, well, that is one of the main problems. They're, the best line on the team to watch is that three to play behind the striker where usually it's Lamella, Eriksson and Chadley. All mm. three of whom are having decent seasons, particularly Chadley, who's got six goals so far. But they play this lovely football, 30 yards from goal, this good interchange, passing going on. Mm. But then there's, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no striker. And especially if Adebayor's there. Adebayor always drops deep. Harry Kane, he's fine. He's unproven no matter how many goals he scored I... in the Europa League. And Soldado, Soldado, in fairness to him, works his ass off yeah. when he's playing. But he, his confidence is shot. He doesn't want to get into the positions where he can miss, as he did again last night. Well, you point out towards the, the three to play behind the striker. Obviously, that leads into having a lone striker and then to him sitting in midfield. It strikes me that Soldado would be better suited to having somebody alongside him. Uh, maybe to take some of the pressure off and maybe to almost make him feel less nervous. Whether that is Kane or, or someone else, if you want to even push Chadley further forward, I'm not too sure. But he seems like he, he seems overburdened when he plays up there on his own. Yeah, there seems to be a strange stubbornness among these younger managers. I And it's easy to compare Pochettino and Rodgers this season because they had such brilliant seasons yeah. last season and haven't been able to repeat it this season. But both of them are sticking with this one up front, even though it's clear it's not working. There seems to be this theory that the old, if, if you're going to play two strikers up front, what you have to do is go to the old-fashioned style of having two in midfield and then mm. two two wingers, which isn't necessarily the case at all. I mean, there's you know, a million ways to skin a cat. You don't necessarily have to go down that route where you've got somebody legging it down to the byline and pinging a cross in, a la Aaron Lennon, uh, and what he might have done when he's yeah. actually able to cross the ball. So I don't know if it's a stubbornness on Pochettino's behalf to go that way or, or what, but I... D- the one up front, whether it's Soldado, whether it's Kane or whether it's uh, Adebayor, I don't think is going to be the way forward for Spurs. Yeah, they may go and attempt to sign Jay Rodriguez, whether he's the answer uh, in January. But as you say, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. There's no personality. There's no real character. I just look at the centre of that midfield where Ryan Mason has come in and done pretty well. But mm-hmm. like alongside Eddie and Capu, who is such a nothing footballer. He's basically a French Joe Allen. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I, he sits there and he has 100 passes every match, but none of them go... None of them, there's never an assist, there's never a risk taken. A French Leon Britton, I would have said. Yeah, maybe a French, yeah, a French Leon Britton as well. Yeah. Uh, Leon Britton actually is is worse. You know, Leon Britton really does nothing. Well, Leon Britton, in fairness, there's never been any expectation no. on, on a Leon Britton. Leon Britton worked his way up to the league. He does his job. Yeah, there was a lot of money spent on Etienne Capoue. So for him to come into that side and basically sit there and be essentially flat water uh, in terms of if you're going for a drink, then yeah, I wouldn't really be a fan of that Spurs side. Interesting, uh, their last four league games, Spurs, all of them have finished 2-1 to the away side. They sit- um, so they won the two where they were away yeah. and they lost the two they were at home. Um, they're up against Everton who are unbeaten in eight and seem to have finally found a bit of form after after, well, a really slow start, six points after seven games. James McCarthy, I presume, isn't going to play. Yeah, he looks to have a hamstring problem. This will be a true test of the theory of uh, of post-Europa League Thursday Blues. I mean, there has been talk. I well, think do you want stats, Richie? Yeah, I do. I think it was coming from the Spurs camp. They wanted their Europa League, post-Europa League matches moved, as a rule, to Mondays. They yeah. thought that would suit them better, and perhaps it would. Well, Spurs played uh, six, not including last night, before last night. So they've played post-Europa League six times. They've won two and lost four. Uh, Everton have played four Europa League post Europa League four times. They've won two, lost two, but they have won their last uh, couple of matches. I think it's an easy excuse. Their problem: they have a huge squad of very similar players. Mm. Spurs. There's a lot of interchangeable guys there. 
none of whom are hugely better than the other. It strikes me, and it's been the case for a while, that it seems like it's the kind of squad that has been in absolute dire need of a flushing out but it has never come when people are really expect. Everybody thought when Pochettino came in, it was like, all right, so long, Adebayor. You kind of can't is the problem. That they spent so much money that I just think they're all just nice players. Mm. It, you know, Summed up by Eric Dyer going on England under 21 duty and then pulling out because oh, I don't want to play right back. I'm going to stay at Spurs and do extra training and playing at centre back. And Pochettino's like, what? No, yeah. he's not. He'll play wherever the hell I want him to play. He'll play it right back here as well. Anyways, that's live and exclusive on Off the Ball on Sunday. We'll also have reporters at all the matches tomorrow, the first of which is West Brom against Arsenal. Their injury list are Teda, Sanogo, Walcott, Debushi, Uzel, Wilshire. Nuts. Uh, and Arsenal, the result against Dortmund just summed up Arsenal for me. You think they're essentially in crisis. Yeah. They're on the verge of massive crisis. And then they just get a couple of results. And they survive and they they get back into the top four and keep in contention with that and do just enough until they lose another couple of games they should win. The crisis thing I've never really gotten in Arsenal. I realise that they're obviously not performing to their exact potential and all the people would like to see them maybe in the top two and uh, if not then a point or two off. But their defeats usually come against fairly handy sides. Uh, you know, for all the black marks against Manchester United so far this season, that was a good performance by Man U last week. Yeah. And they're, you know, but when they're fully fully flying, as they were at times last Saturday, they're a very good side. All their wins have come against teams in the bottom half of the table. They've only won four games. I think, in fact, their four wins have been against teams in the bottom six. Well, then it's an ongoing problem. Because they had this problem last season, they had this problem the season before, where they couldn't beat the teams in the top, well, the supposed top four teams or the teams in the top six, yet they go and routinely dispatch your West Broms and your Swansea's and your whomever else is going to be there that aren't necessarily the quote-unquote powerhouses of English football. So it's not a crisis. It's just a continuing situation at Arsenal. Yeah. But how they solve it, I don't know. Um, injuries certainly aren't going to help. No, uh, they're away to West Brom at the Hawthorns. West Brom going into their 13th game of the season in 13th place on 13 points, having scored 13 goals in the league so far this season. we got to thank Simon for this statistic. Cheers, Simon, Simon has put all these notes together. He's uh, in working with us for a few days. Good job, Simon. Well, well done. done. Uh, I should have saved that one for on air and just claimed it as my own yeah shouldn't have done it when he's in the room and then we do it on air he's going to curse you for not giving him credit when you're actually on air West Brom are at that stage where we're just thinking if Barry you know is in form and can score they've got a chance aside from that there's not a huge amount to them well you mentioned Spurs being a nothing side um, <laughs> well West Brom will be happy with 17th again and abs- pick up their 60 something million quid in prize money absolutely, absolutely and maybe a little bit of investment in some time well, they'll struggle to keep a hold of Barry you know, next summer uh, 3 o'clock kickoffs. Burnley against Aston Villa Here's a shocker. Aston Villa's match has been overshadowed by Roy Keane. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it. He has quit his position as Aston Villa assistant manager because basically, ultimately, my roles with Villa and Ireland and combining my commitment to these have become too much. This does not make a lick of sense. This does not, in no way, shape or form, does his excuse, which is what it is, make a lick of sense. He says he can't combine. It's not fair to, uh, to Aston Villa or to either to Ireland to continue on in both roles. Ireland have one game between now and the end of the Premier League season. I think you're underestimating the role of an assistant manager. I think everyone is. That I, even with Ireland, that you do a li- he should be out scouting players, he should be yeah, going to matches every weekend. Totally appreciate that. But he was told by Martin O'Neill when he took he, he went obviously to Martin O'Neill and go went, Is it okay if I take this villa job? O'Neill always said, Fine, you work away. And he took the job. <laughs> See, I didn't oh, what is it the accents? It's grand. I could have easily t- tried to do a Roy Keane call and I said, No, I'm not gonna do Keane's it. Keane's played out. 
Keane's play. Everyone's you, you're, you're going straight in. <laughs> Go straight you're not going to be asked back. <laughs> We're going to be getting complaints about this from people all over the country. Anyway, O'Neill, obviously... You know Kyle Norton could have played for Ireland? But you still can Potentially I obviously have a There was always rumours That he could have played for Ireland <laughs> um, But O'Neill obviously said to Keane This is fine don't, you don't, you, He said don't you worry about it I'll, you know, We can take care of the scouting We've got other people on board to do it I can do a bit of it myself You concentrate on what you need to do And you'll even see enough of Ireland players While you're sitting on the sideline for Villa But now That we've had The busiest periods Of the season In terms of international football Pass us by Now he's decided That it's too much for him to do I don't get it It's Roy Keane there's contradictions with everything he does. And we're going to be talking a lot about this tomorrow with Kenny and Mark Kinsella. So Burnley against Villa. Burnley have won their last two games. Danny Ings has decided to start scoring some goals. Yeah. Danny Ings, who was playing for the England under-21s, despite pretty much looking about 34. There was, ta- there was pres- talk even of him being called up to the senior squad last year. He was in such sparkling form in the championship that it was one of those rare cases of, should we call up the championship striker who's in form? He's doing well. Who else have we got? Maybe Aston Villa might try and buy him in January because they still have only scored six goals in the league this season. Two goals in their last eight matches. I was at Villa Park a few weeks ago for the game against Spurs where they were winning, playing really well. Christian Benteke was dominating Spurs. Gets stupidly sent off. They lose the match. And you felt at that moment, I think I remember saying it at the time, is this the moment Paul Lambert loses his job? Because Benteke is suspended again for this match now I know he's just come back from an injury but he looks so strong and powerful again yeah. and almost back to his best it's it's hard to see how Paul Lambert can survive much longer when you look at the crowd 19,000 at Villa Park for the match against Southampton on Monday night and they fired Darren Bent off to Brighton on loan for the month as well it just it, there's a lot of decisions at Aston Villa that just don't make any sense to me and I don't think any of them will ever be explained either uh, Liverpool against Stoke Liverpool haven't won in the league since that match at Loftus Road Brendan Rodgers was full of praise for his side though after uh, the, the draw in Ludogorets uh, during the week in the Champions League that was despite having all 11 players defending the corner which led to the goal I look at Liverpool at the moment and I was at Sellers Park yeah. last Sunday they're a team paralysed by fear at the moment you look at Mignolet in goals he knows that the spotlight is on him yeah. all the time. He can't handle the pressure. And I think that's with their manager as well, that he has to make changes. He has to try something different, but he's afraid to. Well, in terms of the goalkeeper, what's he going to do? Pick Brad Jones? Of course, Brad Jones, Shelburne legend. Get him in there. <laughs> Brad, the Brad Jones thing is not going to happen. They obviously need a keeper. They've missed a trick with Victor Valdez. He's more than likely going to sign with Manchester United in January. And there's now talk of, instead of the injury, or sorry, the error-prone Simon Mignolet, there's talk today in the papers of, the error-strewn Iker Casillas possibly coming in to replace him. Oh, God. I'm paying him 150 grand a week. Exactly. To do what? Nothing. Flap the ball. Uh, I I don't want to go on another Steven Gerrard rant, so I'm not going to. But I will say... Do you want me to go on one instead for you? I will say that his performance last Sunday at Sellers Park was easily the worst I've ever seen Steven Gerrard produce in so many ways. He also looks like he just needs to be taken out of there. He's played every minute of every league game so far this season. Bizarrely, he looked like he played better on, um, was it Wednesday night against Ludogorets? When he moved a bit forward. When he moved a bit further forward. It, Lucas looks to be the most intelligent, like for somebody who looked completely brainless when he came into that side initially, well, nearly 10 years ago, um, he's now the most intelligent looking footballer they have in that midfield. Gerard is floundering. Yeah. And uh, Lucas as well knows what his job is. Yeah. He has no ideas above his station. Yeah. His job is to protect the defence 
and that's it. Yeah. And that's what they need. Because I think Skirtle and Lovren are getting a little bit of a raw deal in the lack of protection. Uh, Manchester United against Hull at Old Trafford. Uh, United going into the game on back of wins over Crystal Palace. And Arsenal just saw Louis van Gaal in his press conference was reading from a script. I thought he might be going on a Rafa Benitez-style rant. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he was actually talking about. But um, Falcao could be back in the match day squad. Hull are a bit of a lost three consecutive league games spoke to Stephen Quinn actually after the Ireland match and was asking what's going on it hasn't really kicked on he's like well we're all we've all been worried that it's second season syndrome mm. we brought in so many players there's four or five changes to the starting 11 every week it just hasn't settled yet they brought it well they brought in a lot of players and then shipped a lot of them out on loan uh, Tom Ince and uh, Brian Lennon being just two well, also, oh, no Lennon's come back with an injury but they also brought in Ben Arfa and it's ne- never going to be the best of players in terms of uh, effort and, and, and maybe kind of cohesion in the squad they were missing Jelovic uh, through injury for the last few weeks as well he did return last week and he's the guy who'll get them the goals if they're to do anything always aside though when you least expect them to pull out a result yeah. they, they generally do and you also suspect that perhaps United still aren't fully up and running. No. Nope. That something could happen. There's that, always a crack there, yeah. yeah. And perhaps um, they're under more pressure at Old Trafford if things start slowly, the crowds start getting on their backs. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers against Leicester. We're not even in December, but already a relegation six-pointer. QPR have only won two Premier League games. Uh, both of them, though, at home. Leicester haven't kicked on at all and haven't won since that 5-3 win over Manchester United, which is over two months ago now. Um, I really can't predict how this one... They looked a really, really good side uh, in that United game and since then have completely fallen flat and it's been a lot on the shoulders, I suppose, of, of Leonardo Ochoa up front who just, after that game, and he had played brilliantly up until that point, even scoring a few goals before it, just hasn't done anything. Uh, Swansea against Crystal Palace at the Liberty Stadium at home I always fancy Swansea uh, even though Palace you'd imagine will get in a lot of confidence from that win over Liverpool last weekend but you sense Palace were really up for that one Yeah, that the long trip to the Liberty Stadium isn't one anyone really relishes and I don't think they, they, they're a team to put a couple of results together either they're a win here and a win there but I don't think they're going to go on a run anytime soon uh, West Ham against Newcastle two managers who if you'd spoken at the end of, well, before the season started, even we probably said, neither of these guys are going to be here in December. And now it is fifth place Newcastle against sixth place West Ham. Two absolute charmers in Sam Allardyce and Hanson Pards. Hanson Pards going back to his old stomping ground. Um, draw. 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 I've been, I've been very impressed with Pardew and the way Newcastle have turned things around. Five Premier League games in a row, six in all competitions. If you include that League Cup win over Manchester City, you got to give them a little bit of credit, Richie. It is no. In fairness, no, I, no, I, no, I don't. No, no. I will. I will give. I will give him credit because I was. I saw a fair bit of Newcastle um, in that poor run, and they weren't playing that badly. You know, so the results were only a matter of time before they came around, and you know, thankfully for Pardew's uh, sake, they did. So they're gonna be okay. Uh, half five game tomorrow evening is at the Stadium of Light at Sunderland against the league leaders Chelsea the unbeaten league leaders uh, Chelsea Sunderland have picked themselves up a little bit since losing to Southampton don't even Arsenal. suggest for a second that no, they I have don't. a chance in this game they could keep it tight but <laughs> Chelsea are going to win this game I yeah. still think Chelsea could go whatever Mourinho says I think Chelsea could go through this season unbeaten they're so far there's no one close to them ahead of everybody yeah. else and then we never mentioned our first game on Sunday Southampton against Manchester City Ray Houghton will be keeping and Mark Scott will have live and exclusive commentary from St <coughs> Mary's second against third we've all been impressed with Southampton so far this season they 
they got off to a slow start against Villa. It was mm. a very dead game on Monday night. There was no atmosphere in the ground because there was nobody there. And there was no tempo to the game and Southampton couldn't really impose themselves on it. Whereas this one, packed house at St. Mary's, the champions in town. Southampton will be up for this and they'll be, they'll be at full speed against the Manchester City team who haven't looked at full speed too many times this season. And I think that game against uh, against Bayern Munich will have taken a lot out of City as well. Uh, Ronald Koeman just commented last week about how his side are having what I suppose we can call the Liverpool bounce from last season in that you mm. don't play European football, uh, you're playing rather well, you've got a settled squad and you're able to take a week at a time to concentrate in these games and he will have done. He'll have done his homework on City and I, I fancy him to get a result again. How good is Sergio Aguero? Very, 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 very good. That side would be struggling badly at the hmm. moment were it not for him. Because it's not necessarily... Can the, the, he uh, can, can he by himself get City back into this title race? Yes. If The if Telegraph he, had a good article during the week. It was about Liverpool's uh, yeah, woes. It, that, well, that's, that's, that's the comparison. Yeah. Is Suarez at Liverpool last season. And they're pretty similar players. And the dynamism that they offer a, a team and that hope it's not necessarily the fact that they will get the goals it's that the general hope that they probably will do something Yeah, and that's what Sergio Aguero is carrying around with them now Is that it's ne- just whether is- Chelsea are so good and have so much that even Aguero can't overcome that like maybe Suarez last year because the, te- uh, the article in Telegraph is making the point that you look at Gareth Bale the season before yeah. Luis Suarez last season that the Premier League is such an average league and there's so many average teams mm-hmm. that if you have won not just exceptional, but one of the top six, seven players in the world, he'll get you four or five places by himself. You know, he's just going to be so much better than everyone else. It's yeah. like having a Ronaldo or a Messi almost no, absolutely in your side. There, yeah. And if Aguero can get to that level, he'll probably, for City to win the league, Aguero will probably have to score 30 league goals. But this is this is the issue, is, is that Chelsea have seen that you don't necessarily need that maybe top five, six player in the world. What you can have is about six, seven or eight of the eight yeah. to 15s. And, you know, you can profit from there. Once you base that on a really good defence, then you're flying. Richie, great to have you with us on the Friday Football oh, Podcast. I enjoyed that, and I certainly enjoyed your Kyle Norton impression. Do you want to give it one more go? Cheers, me. All right, we will be back next week where I might hopefully have a little bit of Kyle Norton audio <laughs> where he can uh, answer Richie's, uh, well, questions about his heritage and where he's from and all this. Uh, don't forget, busy weekend on Off the Ball. We've got Kenny Cunningham and Mark Kinsella in studio tomorrow. We're on air from 2 to 6 with reporters at all the Premier League grounds. And then on Sunday, a big double header. First up, Southampton against Manchester City from St Mary's at half one with Mark Scott and Ray Houghton. And then I will be at White Hart Lane at 4 o'clock alongside Kenny Cunningham for Spurs against Everton. We will talk to you then. Well, yeah.